0: Here we go! We talk games! Here it comes! Yeah! We talk games! Poop Bull bullshit and energy! Our focus always rambles up topic! But we keep on going, anyway! TT
1: Shmoo gets the robot sex spot! Stinky stinks so bad, he smells!
2: This is We Talk Games Arcade Weekly, an arcade review show brought to you each Monday, free of charge, from your friends at wetalkgames.com, and it's time to get solid, hyper-solid. I'm Keith the Robo-Duke. With me, across the great blue sea, is Johnny Capcom. Yes, sir. We're here, we're together again. Reunited, and it feels so good. I think that's how the song goes, right? I would say I am feeling oh so good. Hyper solid this week because we're talking about Mars Matrix hyper solid shooting.
1: It's the only way I shoot things is when I'm rock solid, you know? It's, it's the only way. Makes me feel like a
2: man. It does. And this game will make you feel like a spaceman, I think, or like, a, <laughs> or like an anime space fighter pilot. It's released in uh, April 2000, the year of Our Lord, in arcades. It was also available the same year on Dreamcast in Japan, I think the following year in America. This is a uh, vertical scrolling shooter, definitely something we would consider a bullet hell game. Sure. It is made by a small company called the Takumi Corporation who people may know also made uh, other bullet hell games such as GigaWing and GigaWing 2, which are different from this in their setting. They are more a steampunky uh, biplane futuristic kind of feel while this is a straight up space shooter i think it has something to do with mars i am not entirely sure uh,
1: did you not read the, the pre-credit scroll Keith it went by too fast for me to read well, it's very relevant okay uh 50 years have passed since the immigration project to mars began and the planet used to be a barren wasteland, but now is home to millions of families. So that's that's what happened, right? And the, the, we're talking about immigration—that's very popular thing. These the kids like immigration these days, don't they?
2: Yes, yes. A lot of times it seems more to deal with refugees, but yeah, yeah. Everybody's uh, kind of up in arms in one way or another about
1: immigration. Do they build like a big wall around Mars? No, but they, they see they sent the best people to Mars. So they didn't need to.
2: Ah, the rich get the space on Mars before anybody else does.
1: Uh, I don't know if it's as big a joke in America as it is here, but, uh, but um, everyone in Ireland must make fun of Donald Trump who says, I'm going to get the best people. They're going to be amazing. Wait, you see. Well, never qualifying what makes them the best or where they're going to come from. Going to get the best people and
2: send them to Mars. I'm not sure yeah. how Donald Trump sounds. I try not to listen to him. He sounds like a fucking con. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like uh <laughs> he, lo- he sounds and looks like an orange you've left in the microwave for way too well, long
1: i just realized that i probably offended a lot of people in america
2: because you don't like the cunt word it's totally cromulent in this situation but before we get any further with this Plot that apparently you picked on, uh, picked up on uh, much better than I did. We should go over to TT Schmootkins for TT's Snap Stats.
0: Hello, I am T.T. Schmutkins. And this is T.T.'s Snap Chart. <laughs> Manufacturer Takumi released Mars Matrix, distributed and programmed for the Capcom CPS2 JAMA board this vertically scrolling, hectic bullet shooter is unique due to it being set on a horizontally positioned monitor. The monitor was a color CRT, raster display. The game could be played two-player simultaneous team with a maximum number of two-players. The controls feature an 8-way joystick and was released in both a 1-button of 2-button configuration. Mars Matrix featured amplified stereo capcom Q sound in an upright cabinet. If you live in Utah, you can find the cabinet of Mars Matrix at Game Grid Arcade at the Valley Fair Mall Mall between JCPenney and the Center Court. <coughs> Titty's Snap Hatch is brought to you by Dr. Tung Mystery Tung Sauce. Dr. Tung Tung's Tung Sauce has been deemed by California to cause cancer and birth defects just like almost everything sold in California. Christ! I saw a pair of gardening gloves that California stated caused birth defects. What a bunch of assholes. Now, back to Keith and John on the television with a keyboard.
2: While we're uh, talking about the game itself,
1: but John, do you have any
2: making mechanics for this game?
1: Uh, we can start with Space Invaders. A uh, title, 1975. Or whatever. 77, I believe. I think uh, the first kind of crazy projectile game like that would probably be like smash tv or something shooters always m- immediately make me think of 1942 yeah yeah but i think smash tv was the first time there was a game where you shot things that i think it was really overwhelming and before that it was a more manageable field of uh you know combatants when you are uh, you're playing 1942 or you're playing like what, river raid or something like it the it, R-Type? It, it was never overwhelming. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, no, R-Type is a uh, horizontal. Uh, but, uh, oh, right, right, right. Like right. Uh, Pop and Twin Beach, shall we say, that kind of game. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bullet hell, it was challenging in a different way. The first bullet hell game started appearing in the 90s, and I think it was just, this was back at a time when people were really pushing graphical limits. You know, they were reaching for new uh, avenues, shall we say. It was like the progression in music. You know, you started out with Black Sabbath, And the Black Sabbath is like 1942. But then by the time the late 80s come along, everything's got harder, faster, and more complex. So this is like the speed metal of the Metallica in comparison to the Black Sabbath. Oh, I like that comparison. It's the the modern speed
2: metal to the classic rock of of Space Invaders.
1: Yeah, it had the same basic point and function, but like... Everything was upped and more ostentatious and more, uh, you know, crazy. I think it really
2: is just saying something about, you know, the economy and gold and whatnot. But uh, besides that, I did I, we did, I did mention that the game was developed by the Takumi Corporation, but since we were mentioning uh, 1942, Capcom actually published the game in the end. So uh, big ups to them for uh, bringing this game forward and probably more in the limelight than it would have been if uh, Takumi had uh, tried to do it on their own.
1: I played Giggling in college. I remember playing it because I'd never played anything like it. It was the first uh, bullet hell game I'd ever played. But I was largely unaware of it as a genre. And I remember getting people to come into the room and play it with me. And they did see the space shooter before. They know who these games were And then like the patterns that start coming at them, and they just start screaming. And everybody's like, what am I supposed to do? This is too much. You know, it is. And, uh, I don't I played Giga um, and Wing and Giga Wing 2, but it was only like two years ago before I actually played Mars Matrix for the first time. Yeah, a friend of mine bought a arcade cabinet and Mars Matrix was loaded on there. And I was just like, fuck, yes. You know, it was like I, it, this had been a game that I'd wanted to play for years. And uh, it's just because I think bullet hell games in general they're always very fleeting experiences. They never last too long. But there is so much craft put into all of them. And I know they're very unique experiences as far as the bullet fields that are thrown at you. I always get excited when I think about playing some bullet hill. Yeah, yeah. I,
2: I do like these games every once in a while. When you were mentioning Smash TV, I was thinking how, yeah, that game did start the whole, you know, too many bullets on the screen, but they didn't add in the second part of being able to really dodge the stuff because uh, hitboxes in traditional bullet hells are always as small as they can possibly be.
1: Yeah.
2: Smash TV was a bit about getting you killed over and over so you could keep pumping quarters into the machine. Maybe a little bit. I just remember uh, myself and
1: Kyle uh, covered Eco Fighters a long time ago.
2: Yes, that was... Uh, I think that may have been a shmup timber uh, game or... I don't know. I did a video of it, though, on my YouTube.
1: Yeah, well, we were talking about uh, Eco Fighters, and I said, I think Eco Fighters was probably one of the last shooter games released mainstream in the arcades that wasn't a bullet hell game. It felt like it, that was that technology pushing, or that style of gameplay, playing pushing as fast and hard as it could go without being a bullet hell game. Oh, yeah. It so, definitely
2: feels more like a 1942 than it does Mars Matrix or... Einhander.
1: Yeah. And uh this stuff is all very late nineties reinventing the wheel kind of stuff.
2: So. so you played it a couple years ago on a on a stand up. I originally played this on the Dreamcast back probably in two thousand or two thousand one. May have been something I rented or you know, burned. <clears throat> something in my throat. Yeah, yeah. Uh but as we did say, it is a shooter. It has <laughs> the hmm? What was the disc image like? <laughs> on the copy you plays. Well, the only thing I do remember was the boot disc I had had like, for some reason when you put in the boot disc, the background the person decided to use was a 3D image of Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, like spinning around in the background with like, you know, graffiti bubble type saying like, you know, Hackmaster's boot disc, it is safe to open the cover and put your disc in now. While this 3D Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer spun in the background. The late '90s, Grace. early 2000s were a magical time.
1: Dank as fuck.
2: <laughs> it's super dank. I definitely. I don't know this one. I probably probably the Japanese version as well. I don't. Uh, either way, they both control pretty much the same. We do have uh, just one button, which is great. Love one button shooters. I guess we 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 have to say no because you still do have the controller. Tolman Asana is just the button, and only oh, you're not supposed to supposed
1: to actually bring up the game. But we we action keep. Oh, because we'll like get in trouble. Wiggly's gonna have to bleep that. Oh, I don't know. I forget things. He's gonna have to go in there and bleep it, and I mean that's just like a lot of work, right? Well, it, yeah,
2: but if you didn't say it was that, it, which it's not, I wouldn't have had to prove it wrong, and I wouldn't have said it. Man, it's our first episode back, and I'm already fucking up
1: hope you can hear all that tutting because i am tutting up a storm okay <laughs> king tut rockin tut funky tut we're going to start talking about mummies alive and i don't <laughs> need to do that okay <laughs> okay okay that's me and kyle's gimmick what mummies alive myself and kyle we always talk about the shit cartoons like from oh the yeah, yeah yeah we won't yeah let's keep denver out like of this. denver last time yeah yeah <laughs>
2: So it has one shooting button in it, but the one button does a lot of things. It does actually four different types of shots. There's the normal shot in the traditional, tap the button as fast as you can and shoot, 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 shoot. It has a piercing cannon, which is when you have to wait a moment or two for it to charge. You tap the button and it shoots out uh, an elongated, uh, like a big laser shot that will go through enemies. And then it has the ability which is your defensive ability, which you need to constantly be doing to survive in this game, which is uh, holding down the button and you start to absorb any of the bullets around you. And you only want to hold it for about a second or two. And then when you release it, the bullets will fly back at your enemies in the direction you're moving and pressing on the controller. This is controlled by a bar at the bottom when you can activate this. And uh, if you hold it till the bar fills up all the way, you will use your gravity hole bomb which in traditional shooters would just be a refillable, you know, you can hold up to three of them, pick them up off the enemies. But this instead, it is just, you know, if that bar is full and you absorb as long as you can, you will blow up
1: everything in your path. Gigawing has a similar system, and it's so strange because even though these games are extremely difficult, they're really fair. This is a, a balancing mechanic.
2: It makes it more fair, because if you could not do this ability at all, there are certainly moments where you are intended to do this, especially against bosses. Yeah. The ships you are piloting are called mosquitoes. Yes. Where? Why? It doesn't make you seem very intimidating when you call your ship a mosquito. Though I guess they're absorbing from the enemies and shooting
1: it back at them. At the same time, right, when you really think about it, the Millennium Falcon sounds like a fucking shit car that people would have bought in 2000. Yes. It, it, it's a fucking minivan from 1999. From the creators of the Jeep Liberty, we bring you... Yeah, the Millennium Falcon. You get to more soccer matches in this car than you ever have before. <laughs> Show up all the other
2: moms with its own cooling box in the center console. Keep their orange slices nice and cool.
1: Yeah, it's a choice. Why not call it a mosquito? I mean, you're going to call it something. I mean, they didn't call it the the Hitler.
2: (laughs) But but why not, like, like, the Rad Blaster or something? I mean, or is that the ship? Well,
1: because it was 2000, Keith, not 1991. That's why. Aw. If it had been in 1990, it would have been called the Attitude Rad Ship 69. (laughs) (laughs) The Rad Blaster's in Gold Fever. Yeah, and it would have had way more neon effects in the game. Which probably would have been better. To, to, to
2: fair. Everything's very mechanical in its uh, presentation. And while all the bullets and all the lasers and stuff are where all the really uh, bright colors come in.
1: Yeah, and that's it's kind of one of the most unfortunate things about it because uh, Gigwing has the same presentation of bullets but has w- way better backgrounds. A lot more interesting art going on. Well, yeah, that's like more
2: planetary-based stuff. While this is all... I mean, while it is Mars and everything, everything seems to be big towers and all sorts of uh, military installment kind of stuff going on in this game instead of it being a sort of you know flying across the land you know forests below and stuff like that it's
1: uh it's it's also i do love that stuff though you know that kind of like japanese studios do it really well where you are flying over this really majestic uh landscape and there's like all this life going on in the background of it Mm -hmm. that just has nothing to do with what you are doing i I love that kind of
2: stuff playing a game recently i was thinking about that looking at all the backgrounds wishing more games put in that kind of work to make a world feel alive when most of the times they don't have to and it's just extra work for them but you know you can tell when someone uh really cares but uh, um Speaking of the graphics, you know, the one thing I would like in the game maybe is I understand, you know, the whole – the ships are the characters. We don't need to show you who's piloting them. But, you know, if they had just had some, like, colorful-haired, like, handsome space pilot guys, you know, being like, oh, this guy pilots this one and this guy pilots this one because, as we hadn't mentioned, you get a choice between two different ships. You know, it may have, like – fleshed out the story a little bit more right you know give them like cool names i i, I just wanted stat screens you know i love those i want to yeah, see yeah. i want to see oh the mosquito one is piloted by ray something or other and he's six foot three and his favorite thing to do is collect sneakers best friend in the world that, is his
1: pet cat it's probably for the best that they didn't tell you who was flying the ship really why because that way a bunch of Fucking neckbeards won't lose their minds if they make a sequel with a girl flying ship. <laughs> oh my god.
2: Uh, Player one ship is the red ship, right? The Mosquito one. And that one has a little bit of a wider firing pattern. And then you have the Mosquito two, which is the blue one, but that one moves a little faster. And that one has a, a focused shot that does more damage. Did you have a preference between Mosquito one or Mosquito two?
1: I just ended up playing as the first ship.
2: I always Um, played as the the second one.
1: That was just the way it was.
2: Just leave the packages. But yeah, I picked number two. I prefer the little more speed. Yeah, your bullets don't have as wide of a range of shot, but they do a lot more damage. Found it easier to uh, take out the bosses by uh, using the second one rather than the first one. Um, Though really, I should have been, considering how much I would die, I'm pretty good at dodging, but. I'd always be so late on using the uh, mosquito field to absorb the bullets or it would not be recharged in time for me to activate it. I found a little frustrating that, but then again, I'm just not the best at bullet hell games. I definitely think it would be a lot more fun playing two player than one player, but I think that's most shooter games. They're just a lot more fun to play with someone else.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, they are. Uh, like, I majority of the experience that I have with this game is uh, playing and as I said, when I played this game for the first time a few years ago, I remember me and a friend I was playing with—we were just blown away by the soundtrack as well, which I think is a great score. I genuinely do. I think it's—I think whoever did the soundtrack on this game did a really good job. But it's so very evocative of that period of time in like electronic music. Oh yeah, two thousands—it was like the rise of the Chemical Brothers
2: and uh, stuff like Fatboy Slim and whatnot were all the craze, right? Is that, yeah. That's around that time. Yeah.
1: Like, I'm a, I'm an old man but I know what music children listen to.
2: Is that what they were listening to them? Christopher Walken dancing on the ceiling? So I don't know, it's just a really cool soundtrack. It's uh it's music I enjoy. I think it sounds great, but I want that human connection, you know? Oh, I want to see the fancy ladies piloting the ships you and know, whatnot. It just kind of throws the story at you, which it does at the end of the bosses, too. It seems like it's throwing up things, being like, hey, this is what you're going to do on the next mission, but it goes by so fast you really don't know. And not yeah, that it, it matters.
1: My favorite type of a game like this is one where there is a stupid story happening in the background, like in Escaluda or something like that, or um what's the other game? Uh... Well, it's usually this weird thing where they have like the aesthetic of European witches but with a story that doesn't actually need them to have that aesthetic. They're like, "Oh, you got to do um my father has betrayed me, so I we are weird spaceship flying people, so, you know, I'll just have to fight this giant cow."
2: <laughs> my father has betrayed me and sided with my Older sister who has been possessed by a demon only for evil. Let me put on my cute little witch outfit and get my little cat companion to fly on my broom and save the day. Yeah, it was a cotton. That was the, the yeah. Big one, that's the one that's worth like a ton of money, I think. The original. Well, cotton depending the game. on what
1: system you're talking. about. Yeah, I think um, if you have any cotton game on the turbografx sixteen, your house depreciates in value because the game and the system is so worth. I've heard of people
2: spending way too much money on that, or any copy I'm of a game. For fuck's sake, man! I'm,
1: I'm, I'm taking a shot at Wiggly here. Right? You're supposed to. You're supposed to. If Kyle was here, he'd laugh. I miss jokes like that. I'm sorry. I'm not. <sighs> still kicking. Don't hurt yourself. People
2: depend on me, just like I depend on gold cubes to, uh, which apparently refilled the meter as well. I didn't even realize that until after the fact, doing research on the game, being like, oh, I. Collecting the cubes refills that meter, but I'm just, ah. Everything going on on the screen distracts me so much, but it's fun to play through, more fun with someone else.
1: Uh, I usually find games like this are really easy to find a second player for because there isn't a crazy skill level uh, that you need to know before going in to enjoy it. I mean, if you're going to get someone to sit down and play fucking, I don't know, World of Warcraft with you. There's a time sink they have to take part in before they can play with. But with a game like this, it's pick up and play it. Like Everybody can jump in. It's fine. You know how to move the ship around. You know how to shoot back. That's the fundamental. When
2: it's one button and it's a simple blast everything there, just hold down the button when you feel like you're in trouble to really get rid of everything and collect all the gold. Yes. I think it's that's the thing I like the most
1: about the game. Collecting the Hellraiser puzzle cubes. Yeah,
2: is, is the, the, the Hellraiser puzzle cubes the, constantly just flying down at you, being able to pick them up in a row. It just feels really satisfying. It releases those endorphins in my, my capitalist American brain to just, to, to just have it
1: all. Okay. Well, my communist European brain is left unaffected by it. Oh. When I'm uh, flying through space and I see a bunch of gold, I go, you know what? I don't really need it. The government will give me some gold.
2: Yeah, of course. You you got all the government cheese you need there. Here, I can't get a handout, so all I'm left doing is simulating my want for satisfaction and money through video games. It's all right, because this is a really good game, and I think anyone who likes shmups or shooters, if you're any fan of any of those games, this is probably one of the best.
1: Yeah, it I would looks agree with great. that
2: sounds great it's got a lot of really awesome gigantic robot bosses with all sorts of different parts that's another thing i always find satisfying in shooting games is shooting off every little bit of the bosses as you go along to just slowly break them down yeah. it's
1: also got the thing that japanese producers do where it's got sea creature bosses that are big robots oh yeah it's got the, there's a big uh, crab one in this right mm-hmm. it's awesome yeah and they always do that for some reason it's just like yeah let's make a big crab or a big lobster
2: It always is crustaceans, too. Or an octopus. Gotta have them.
1: It's funny how in all of these games as well, it's like there's this really advanced war going on and they always just go, well, we field a similar army to the ones that these evil robot guys have. No, just said one guy. Just the one guy in the ship. He's the ace pilot.
2: Yeah. Which is why I need to see his or hers like long flowing blue hair to know he is a true animu hero who's going to
1: stop what it's so this is all about like a robot rebellion right i think so it's a you know it's immigration people up there that immigrated and robots are just like hey no, mars was robot country first
2: but which uh, also apparently there's something going on uh, evil sorceress involved
1: in all of this as well yeah that turns into a crystal specifically the Dark Crystal from the film The Dark Crystal.
2: Mm-hmm, and
1: there's a robot
2: rose that actually looks really cool as one of the final bosses when it, like, opens up and starts spinning yeah. around and everything, like a death lotus or something.
1: Yeah, it's that is really cool.
2: Yeah, just really cool bosses. Don't want to spoil all of them because you should definitely give this game a try. It is available on Dreamcast. You can get your hands on it. It's a super-duper fun game. I want to return to this with somebody else. Now that I'm feeling like I'm in a better place... I'm feeling a little more Zen would it be? Let's uh I think it's time for us to recite some video game haikus.
1: Gold, 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 gold.
2: Spinning, whirling, <laughs> shiny, gold.
1: Gold is your god now. Nice. Thank you. What well, what you got going well, on? Well, Kyle von Kubik said that I was, I was allowed to give a, a, a limerick instead of write a haiku. Yeah. And uh, no. so I decided to take uh, him up on that. So I wrote this about Mars Matrix. There was once a boy from Mars who sailed the ship through the stars. He beat all the crabs, flew back to Earth, and eventually died from SARS. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bravo. So we've wrapped that up nice and tight, and we now know the fate of the pilot of the ship in Mars Matrix.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he's uh, that's a a dude. There's a dude with long, flowing pink hair. That's what I imagined. All right, so
2: now is the time where we give clues for next week's game here on We Talk Games. John, do you have a
1: clue for next week's game? My clue for next week's game is, I wonder will Disney have to cut all the racism out of this one? <laughs> And I am
2: going to say, this is the original educational game. It just educates you only how to spell one word. (laughs) I hope you have enjoyed our talk of Mars Matrix today. Be sure you are spreading the word about We Talk Games with a retweet or a share on Facebook. Be a part of that social experience. For T.T. Smookins, Stinky the Game Master, Wiggly, Kyle Von Kubik, Chris Nico Bun, Johnny Capcom here with me today. Thanks for coming back, John. It's good to be back.
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: Don't be a jerk all the time. This next song is called BB on Mars, it's a song
1: It's about this BB on Mars.